So, thanks for being here today. I, um, I'm encouraged because I believe we'll be encouraged by God's Word. And it doesn't come back void. Even if you woke up and you were grumpy, and you're like, I don't, the last thing I want to do is go to church and you're here. Lord, double blessings on anybody who went through that this morning. Uh, please. So Jesus, do give us a hope that comes from your word that we would leave totally different from when we arrived today. And that we would, uh, we would actually be challenged and struggle with your word a little bit. You've designed it to be that way because we live in a world that's secular-led. And we have, for those who know you and call you Jesus and call you Lord, we've got your spirit, your Holy Spirit. And those two are battling all the time. Lord, we just have to read Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, and we see the Apostle Paul's struggle. So help us to do business with you and do it while we receive your grace and your mercy and your love, knowing that you're justice and you're also righteous as well. And so many other attributes that we possess and some that we certainly don't. Thank you for leading us, guiding us, and bringing us here today. Your precious name, amen. Before I get to the cartoon, the cartoon of the day, um, um, which I really think with the football theme today, go Ravens, huh? Well, no, that's the first game. Raiders? Is that a basketball team? Oh, we didn't need a funny at all, did we? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. No, go Frisco, like in the later game. Even though, even though Detroit um, just brought on Zach Ertz, who was with the Cardinals. Sorry, that's kind of where I came from. Still kind of easing away. <laughs> but, um, so Detroit's looking pretty good, too. But anyway, I digress, as usual. Um, so next week, I'm going to put in the bulletin um, a sticky note for each of you. And, uh, or there'll be two stickies if you share a bulletin, two people, or what have you. But I want you to write down on the sticky next week, um, if you're in a small mentoring situation where somebody's mentoring you or you're mentoring them, and just put down the names. Just put down the names. If you've done it already, um, or if you're going to do it, um, just put down the names because um, I'm getting a little pressure to move the needle here. It's like, yeah, you've talked about this for six months. Well, no, I've only been here six months. Uh, you talked about this for like the last three months, and the needle's not moving. So, um, so we want to move. We want to see where we're at. Um, if, if, you, if you're brave enough to say that I'm either in a mentoring group or I'm leading a mentoring group, I'm getting ready to, would you just put your hand up really quick? And uh, good, okay. And there's some of you that are not putting your hand up that I know you're in a mentoring group, and uh, that's okay, too. We'll make, it, uh, we'll make it private, and that's good. So, uh, yeah, we want to get a read on this, and it's, you'll see why in, in just a moment. In the... Uh, you know I can't spin it, so let's just leave it alone, because it'll get the best of me, and then, yeah, there'll be another delay. Okay, so... Um, Two people on a strand, stranded on an island.
just sit there watching your football while I go to church on my own again. Okay. Jonathan, did you think that would go over a little better? I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, uh, porquito, porquito. Okay. Woo! Okay. Anyway. Hey, last week, last week, speaking of review, last week, observe, list what tasks, opportunity, appointments, agenda for the next day, and responsibilities that you faced. Then, pray for God's leading in each of those areas, acknowledging that without Christ, we can do nothing, nothing fruitful. Trust God to work in each area prayed over. Act on the Holy Spirit's revelation, leading in terms of next moves. And then thank God for his help given. I don't know if you did that or tried that, but if you're praying for things that are taking place the next morning and you see God's hand and his blessing that quickly, it just reinforces the fact that he's our God. He's our reference. He's our refuge. He's our help. He's our spiritual 911. And we all go there. We all go there. We all need them. So just a reminder and a review, um, we strengthened the neural pathway of the remembrance last week when we put this back up for you to see it again so you can recall it again in time of need. Or you could say, no, I want to go back to that joke. I want to go back to that funny, funny joke. Um, read it again. Second time. I think, it's, I think it's a little better second time. Try it one more time. Just sit there watching your football. Well, I go to church on my own again. <laughs> that's called a courtesy laugh. But that's okay. Hey, that's okay. Hey, what's it going to take for New Hope to rely and desperately need God? So here's the thing. What are we hungering after with Jesus? What are we desperately coming to church to trust him for? And it's just like, I don't know that... I don't know, maybe 40 people will show up? I don't know. Um, and that's just it. We didn't have any real targets. And when you don't have a target, you know what happens. You hit it every time. <laughs> Not a good thing. <laughs> Not a good thing. So, so we started to put together some, some thoughts and some numbers. And so we're starting to pray about these things. And if you have some feedback about it, share it with me during the week. And uh, we'll talk more about it. So we're thinking, hey, for CR and for Wednesday evenings, maybe by November 15th, which is quite a while, <laughs> um, maybe we'll be serving 125 people. We'll ask God for 125 people that we'll reach on those two nights. I think now we have to count, but I think now we're probably reaching about 60, 65 people. So that'd be a big increase on those two nights. And we'll find out for sure uh, in the next week or two to come. But do you see what I'm saying? God, how are we going to use the tools you've given us to grow your church, your CR? And you've got to hunger and desperately like, need him for ideas and then to implement them. That's what we're looking at. See, otherwise we just, yeah, we trust and we trust and we just keep going through the motions. And it's just like, even if we get a number, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I encourage that person. And we start to like take the praise and the glory to ourselves, and it's messed up, as some people say. 75 pairs have or have been engaged in mentoring by May 15th, 2024. That's coming up, but we'll see next week where we are with that. 
Because if we're not desperately seeking and asking, God bless you, and in faith, and in faith trusting him, what do we have? We're just going through life and just going through the motions. 25 people involved with prayer ministry by November 15th, okay? 10 people to visit church from food ministry solicitation by March 15th. Huh? huh? <laughs> no, May 15th, my bad. May 15th, thank you. Uh, and so uh, you don't get many people on Saturday that come back, okay, on Sunday. So let's start hungering for that. Praying, and then later, praying, maybe some of us praying and fasting for just God's revelation and for his power. Don't use that fasting word. <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it really is if we're desperate about something. Biblically speaking, biblically speaking. And then you look, you just look, you just look here. Look at the bottom. Hebrews 11.6. God is pleased with our faith to trust him. Not our accomplishments. So at the end of the November, or end of May, and we say, yeah, we got this number, this number, we haven't prayed, we haven't desperately been seeking, we haven't been listening to the Holy Spirit, it's like, but look at all the people. Empty. Absolutely pointless. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're bad, we're bad, we know it, we know it, and it's no, it's short-lived, we're bad. And then we find, you know, we're doing this in our own strength. Where's God? So, so it's impossible to please him with, without faith, trusting him. Mm. So powerful. Hey, why did God create us? In your bulletin today, in your bulletin today, there are two sides. Two sides filled out. Because it was long. And I didn't want to dip anybody and not give you the verses. So it's two pages. like, what? We're going to be here till like 1110. Oh, do you know what you're doing, Pastor? Some of the time. But we can, we can uh, agree to disagree on some things. Yeah, so you got lots of notes. Well, let's, 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 let's hurry. Let's chop, chop. Why did God create us? Hey, two reasons, two primary reasons. Let's go to the second reason, relationship. We want Jesus, and Jesus wants us to be best friends. Is Jesus your best friend? Okay, do you talk to Jesus as much as your best friend? <laughs> I don't either. Um, but, you know, we're a work in progress. We say he's a best friend. Uh, we say that we're listening to our friend. We say that he's all these things, but then when it comes down to actions, we don't, we don't get there sometimes. But check this out. In terms of relationship for the second reason, Enjoy God and his grace in an intimate relationship. This is what God intended for you to know him personally. Personally. You and Jesus in a relationship. Personally. You invite him into your heart to be Lord. Capital L, Lord. Okay? John 1, 12 and 13, adopted sons and daughters. Yes, if you have a relationship with Jesus. You are that! 1 John 1, 7. That's, that's walking worthy, abiding in Him. And if we abide in Him and we confess our sins to Him, it's like, I already did that when I became born again. But no, you've got a relationship now on earth with Him to nurture until He comes back. 
So that verse in 1 John 1, 7 says to do that. So you'll, you'll see God's daily cleansing and so you can walk in his light, not in the darkness where you stumble and you fall and it's messy. Hey, we're made in his likeness and image so we can have great community and identify with him. Likeness and image to have great community. We've got attributes that he has. And so we're, his love, his kindness, his gentleness, the fruits of the Spirit, we possess. Yay! Because those bless others so richly. He has attributes that we don't possess because you know what? If you say you're omniscient, stay after. We've got to talk a little bit because I've got to find out and ask you some questions because I've got questions now. So there's some attributes we don't have, of course, and uh, thankfully so. And then we have a high priest who came to earth to relate to us, paving the way for us to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. This is quite interesting. Let me tell you why. Really quite interesting. How many spiritual faiths are there where God came down to earth to relate to his people? That we would relate to him, that he would relate to us. None. None. They're all distant. Or they're like carved out of some metal. It's just like, wow! So we would have a high priest who was perfect. Perfect. We can identify with our high priest who's perfect. Tempted in every way, but did not sin. Mm. This is the second reason. This is good enough. This is well enough to come to church. It's well enough to get us out of bed, even if we're grumpy. It is, it's worthwhile, because you leave different. That's what we're trying to tell the people going through the lines on Saturday with the cars. You can come to church and feel different about the world yourself and have hope. And, uh, but convincing people of that is another thing. That's why all of us are pulled together to do that. Hey, the number one reason, already, the number one reason already, can you believe it? No, I can't. It'd be too fast. It'd be like, then we'd be done, and everybody would be, be out. But it'd be 10 to, 10 to 11. Do you know what kind of meeting I'd have with the elders if I let you out at 10 to 11? It'd be like, they'd want answers. So, uh, so out of fear, i got to keep going. Just kidding. I love this time with you. I hope you enjoy it. Example one. What could be number one? What could be? Number one reason why we were created. What could be it? Don't say it out loud. And I'm glad Jenny's not here today uh, because then she would say it out and we'd all go, okay, yeah, let's close it up now. Um, anyway, she got the answer last time really fast. That's why I said that and it was really, really phenomenal. Hey, Genesis 12, 2. Here's the first hint. God to Abram. He is like the first real good guy. Well, Noah was a good guy. He had a kind of a difficult time finishing, but, uh, but Noah's, a good, Noah's a good guy, but uh, Avram, Abram, and I will make you a great nation, God says, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And, and Abram, Avram, was the conduit that God used to bless everyone, the coming kingdom, the coming Messiah. 
Okay? We've got that promise through this covenant. Oh my gracious. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And that's Israel. He's making the promise to Israel. Future Mosaic law. Even Israel today, we see, and we've seen it in the past, that the sign is still there. And God's still staying true to this 100%. I will bless those who bless you, Israel. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's us, the Gentiles, the invitation to come to the Messiah and meet him and have blessing. Is that the number one reason? No, it's the first part. It's the first part. You see, God blesses Avram so that he can be the extension cord to bless all on the earth. Is that the reason? No, no. But it's the first part. You can see I get excited about God's word. It's just really awesome. Hey, this is example number two. More hint. Okay, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Ooh, God hardens Pharaoh's heart. And yet the Bible nowhere says that, that Pharaoh was set up for destruction. Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God. Because Pharaoh's heart was hard. And his heart was not going to change. And so, and so, and so he could see that. And remember the passage in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and 24, that he gives some people who are really wicked over to the destruction and the... Um, I guess the death of their flesh and of their humanity. I see it kind of like that. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. This is interesting. So, wait a second. What's happening here? Give me some details. You went from Avram to this? this? This seems totally backwards. Well, let's explain it. So, right after Israel escapes from Egypt, you know, they were held captive. Okay? Many hundreds of years. And then God freed them, I guess by hardening Pharaoh's heart and by the fact that they were really anti-God God is now seen to want the glory in this situation somehow, some way. And for some reason, ha! God parted the water. Israel went through the water on dry ground. What happened to the Egyptians? They drowned. He swallowed them up. And so you go, wow, he wants glory for that? Yeah, 100%. Glory, glory. Wait a minute. Avram was the conduit to bless others, but we're not talking about giving glory to anyone yet. But we can look back and see that if through Avram, if people and families reproduce and they're blessed by God, 
Maybe he's wanting something rightfully his in return. Like praise. Like glory. Like thanksgiving. Perhaps. Look at this. God did this. Harden Pharaoh's heart so he would pursue them and get the glory. God did this to get the glory and by swallowing up the Egyptians. Look at this. To show that he saves his people. So it's like, that was mean to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They didn't want anything to do with Yahweh. They didn't want, they wanted things to do with other gods. Not Yahweh. Not Yahweh. And so, and so rightfully, could he judge them? Yes, because he is righteous judge. He is justice. 100% he had rights to do that. So, so something glory's coming in the picture. Glory's coming in the picture here. Okay? And that's glory, not Lori. Okay? You're saying, who's Lori? I don't see Lori anywhere in the notes. Would you help articulate, maybe take a speech class, Pastor Don? Hey, look at Ezekiel 36. Israel sins against God. And God explains what he does to help Israel. And why? Get this. Israel sins against God, and God explains what he does to help Israel. And why? So, think of southern kingdom. Northern kingdom already destroyed. Assyrians came in and knocked them out, 722 B.C. Now we got southern kingdom. A lot of those tribes came back and filtered into Judah. That's been exiled. They're gone. And what we find out is God's people, Israel... They're, they're, they're idolaters. They're bad-mouthing God. They're doing naughty things. So look what happens. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will show you how holy my great name is. The name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Lord, the Sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. Capital L, Lord. God, capital G, not lowercase. Something's up about holiness Glory, God's greatness. You see, Israel was assigned to manifest Yahweh to all the other nations. And they stunk it up. They, they, they really stunk it up and had a hard time. And so you think, wait, this is weird. This is... I, I'm doing this, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to protect my holy name on which you brought shame to. This is helping us understand God and that it's not all about me. It's not all about you. 
We're giving him glory in the right place because he is creator and sovereign over all things. <sighs> number one, here we go. This is the number one reason. And let me just back it up by saying, after I give you these three points, if you go home tonight, or if you are bored right now, I hope you are not. But if you go home tonight and you say, reasons that God created uh, humans, the first thing that came up with me last night is the top hundred verses as to, as to why we are created. Why we are created. Here it is, and I'm going to tell you that this, that those hundred verses mimic this. Here we go. God's purpose is to bless his peeps so that all would glorify him for salvation. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. We'll see it. Go through the hundred verses. Just go through ten. They're just incredible. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's ruler of all. Oh my. God provides us with amazing grace and fellowship so that we will extend his glory to others. Wait a minute. So Abram, Avram, he was supposed to, he was the conduit that blessed all the nation of Israel and then even the Gentiles with Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what was intended. So we'll see that we're all blessed through the Abrahamic covenant. Oh, and it goes back to God. Did you see did you see Abraham in that covenant with God? I think it was Genesis 15. Well, they're making this covenant. God's making a covenant with Avram. And what we see is Avram sets the stage nicely, but then he, he falls asleep. And so it's a unilateral covenant with just God because Abram can't keep it. Abram can't keep it. And so that's the power in the covenant. That was the intention that God blessed Abraham, his descendants would be more numerous than the stars in the sky, that we would give glory back to God. Every, every ounce, every bit of our energy, how can I give glory back to God? Because I tell you, yes, I take some medication to help my OCD. <laughs> yes, I take some medicine for my anxiety. But there's nothing, there's nothing like the dopamine that God produces and giving him praise in our little brains. It's like, it's like, well, that's like an extra pill. No, 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 no. Minus the sedation that I feel sometimes. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but true. We are made in God's image to multiply his image. We're made in God's image to multiply his image. Oh, that's why I made likeness. Okay, that's why we're in his likeness. That's why we're to go procreate and uh, massively populate the earth. Yeah, God's intention become real, become awesome. Unbelievable. Hey, what do you think? God loves me. Is that the essence of Christianity? Come on, trick question. Come on. I know the answer because I had to study and it was fun. Uh, otherwise, I'd be there silent too. 
God loves me. Is that the essence of Christianity? Here we go. Who is the object of Christianity here? Me. God loves me. I'm the object. It's about me. God loves me, no, so that I make his way salvation, greatness, and glory known to all. It's about him. It's about him. Not me. Not me. Page 71. In my little book, my little, my little book, my little radical book. No, that's the title, part of the title. Um, let me just read you something. This is not the thing that broke me. That's in the next six minutes. Um, but um, I read a, a piece that really broke me that my wife and I really need to pray about because um, God's amazing. And he reveals to us through, well, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, when there needs to be a change in our lives and in my life. And, and that, that, that time comes, and I worked that out with my wife. Um, she's my better half, and we, we talk about that together. But, but take a look at them notes. This may come as a shock to us. You mean that God has an ulterior motive in blessing us? The glory thing, right? The glory thing. We are not the end of his grace. And the answer scripture gives is clear. Indeed, we are not at the center of his universe. God is at the center of his universe. And everything he does ultimately revolves around him. Him. If this is true, we may wonder, then does God make... Does, does, then does this make God selfish? How can God's purpose be to exalt himself? This is a good question, and it causes us to, per, to pause until we ask the follow-up question. Whom else would we have him exalt? At the very moment God exalted someone or something else, he would no longer be the great God worthy of all glory in the universe, which is he. We must guard against a misunderstanding here. Let me just pause with this. The Bible is not saying that God does not love us deeply. On the contrary. We have seen in scripture of God of unusual, surprising, intimate passion for his people. But that passion does not ultimately center on his people. It centers on the greatness, his goodness, and his glory being made known globally among the people or all people. And to, and to disconnect God's blessing from God's global purpose is to spiral downward, spiral downward into an unbiblical, self-saturated Christianity that misses the point of God's grace. So interesting. I can wake up and say, how am I going to bring glory to God? I got to get through all my to-do items, though, that, that, that want to help me, that want me to feel good. My time. We're going to see a, a little video in just a couple minutes to say, you know what? Maybe there's a different way that I can go. I can go and... Um, get to this goal of glorifying God and still be happy. Maybe there's something I could see. Maybe, a, maybe somebody, a theologian, 
John Piper, um, could actually display this and have it make more sense. Because now I really, I really want to set out to give God the glory and everything good comes from Him. And if it creates dopamine in my brain to praise Him and to bless others, I found the keys to life. The actual keys to life. Not in my distracted uh, life. So I guess after reading this little passage, God has a global plan for us being created. A global plan? Who said global? Who said a global plan? I didn't say a global plan. Did I talk about a global plan today? I didn't talk about a global plan. I guess I just read it in the book. I said a global plan. A global plan? Wait a minute. Foreign missions? Who said that? Wait, 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 wait. That's not part of God's plan. Jesus died for America. And uh, people in America. Ha! You're right. No. Look at this. Revelation 7, 9. Future tense. Future tense. Tribulation. Future tense. Tribulation. We got 144,000 Jews. Okay? Jews. That are, that are, that are evangelizing for Jesus. And they, they seem to produce what we would see as a harvest. Look at uh, Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Wait a second. Every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages? This is a global affair. This is not just here. This is a global affair. So it's like, okay, wait a second. Now it's like, what are we doing about, about missions? What are we doing? What connection do we have about missions? Because this is his plan that's setting back with us that we need to become aware of, not just the United States of America. Now I'm introducing even more complexities. Can we just work on praising him for a week? Then we'll come back and talk about missions? Well, no, it goes together. The Holy Spirit's working in your life. He may prick your heart to go somewhere. Short time, long term. He just may. That's the God that we serve. Jesus. So powerful. So... Let's just pull over and stop for a minute. We're going too fast, too far, too fast. We're getting out of control today. It's just not good to go too fast, too far, because it won't last, the neuroscience says. What's this really about? It's about this. Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. So, I'm really struggling with some of these texts that have been there the whole time, but I, I ignore. <laughs> um, or Luke 9.23, take up your cross and follow him. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Take up the instrument of execution and follow him. We've been talking about it for three, four weeks. Lord, change my heart. Open my eyes. Forgive me of the ways that I just love this world and I embrace it and want to smooch it all day. Relieve me. 
relieve me of that passion and turn my sights a little bit more to you and your purposes. Help me to see the glory, the dopamine that comes in my little brain. And I thank you for the doctors that invented the medicine I take that helps me be functional in the interim and helps me to get out of the house and be productive. Jesus, you set me up for success. Now help me not to just blow it and just be so in love with this world that I'm no darn good to your kingdom. Oh, wait. When I was doing this, there is a verse that's really for me. Really a verse. This one's hard to remember when you leave church. This next one's not. This is the one I meant. This is the one I meant a while back. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now that's more like it. That's me. That's what I want. But I take all of God's word. That's where the tension comes in. Ugh. All right. Last little passage here. Oh boy, brace yourself. Even though this wrecked me, it doesn't have to wreck you. And uh, it's just where Liz and I are at in our life right now. <laughs> if I stumble over too many words, I think it's five per page. Somebody come up who's a teacher and just take over because it's like, well, you know, Pastor Don, I don't think those glasses are working. Um, let me just come out here because I would just hate to, to just, uh, you can hear and it's just like I'm looking at the book. That's the way I'm less, I'm less nervous because when people are looking at you when you're reading, oh, it's a nerve wracking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and let me introduce you to Jeff, a businessman like the one I mentioned earlier who climbed the ladder of success only to realize that success in the kingdom of God involves moving down not up. As a young professional, he scaled the heights of success in our culture in almost every conceivable way. I'll let him tell his story in his words, in excerpts from a speech he gave to the other executives in his company during one of their conferences. Here he goes. Here's part of the speech. It's very short, only two paragraphs, probably size 12 font. My career has been a complete whirlwind in ways more successful than I ever anticipated it could be. I am praying more in taxes, paying more in taxes, than I ever expected to make in a full year. <laughs> um, that part wasn't in there. That was me. Uh, I have been incredibly blessed. I was able to bring my wife home from working. Then we purchased our dream home in the exact neighborhood where we always wanted to live. I purchased the BMW. Oh, yeah. I bought the big beach house, and we went on great vacations. On top of all this, I was growing a business that I truly loved in an industry that I am passionate about. But somehow, something was missing from my life, and I couldn't figure out what it was. I have been a Christian since I was seven years old. But through my pursuit of business and success, I somehow had replaced seeking the Lord with pursuing stuff and success. Then something happened last year that changed my life. I stood in a city dump, and I don't know this place in Honduras. It's T-E-G-U-C-I-G-A-L-P-A. Anybody? Yeah, I couldn't do it either. I stood in a city dump in this city in Honduras. I saw men, women, and children 
who were living in a dump where they scoured for food and shelter, humbled by the reality of parents raising their kids in a dump. I reached my breaking point when I saw a woman, eight months pregnant, walk by me, looking for food. I couldn't decide which was worse. The fact that the baby was conceived in a dump or that it was going to be born there. In the middle of this scene, God asked me, what are you going to do with what I have given you? How are you going to use your influence, your leadership, and your resources in the world around you? Wow. That's weird. That's tough. We have much in the U.S. of A. Praise the Lord. We were thanking the Lord in this morning's prayer meeting for our vets, for our military, for all that we have. So what are we going to do with it now to to tangibly help others? Because we're not even guaranteed tomorrow. Let's find this reward, this blessing of Him now today. The dopamine and everything that goes along with it. And let's just finish with this, because we have a dilemma. But I want to be happy too! Let me end with this minute-long this minute-long blurb. Minute and 14 seconds that will play. And tell me what you think. <sighs> Everyone wants to be happy. It influences everything we do. What job we take, whom we marry, where we live. We all want happiness. We may seek it in different ways and in different things, but we do seek it, and we do whatever we can to have it. On the other hand, there is a great, powerful, wise God. He made us, He defines what our lives are for, and one day He will judge the world, and the issue will be, did we honor Him? Did we thank Him? So, we have to choose, right? My happiness or God's glory? That's what it felt like to me for many years. And then I made one of the greatest discoveries of my life. You might say it started when I was six years old. Even then, I knew I was a sinner. There was no way I was good enough for heaven. So when my parents showed me that Jesus Christ died for sinners, even sinners like me, I wanted him. I welcomed him. But it wasn't until my early 20s that I saw that my desire to be happy and God's desire to be glorified were not at odds. I found in the Bible that they were, in fact, one thing. When you enjoy somebody a lot, you show everyone how important they are to you. We get the joy, God gets the glory. If I stop enjoying God, I stop glorifying God. This was almost too good to be true. I had learned one of the most important things in the world. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in Him. God of When I'm most satisfied in Him, walking and abiding in Him, that's when glory flows naturally. Can we have our singing team come forward? And um, okay, okay, okay. Jesus, we just uh, just pray your uh, your blessing um, over Evie. We know that you've got her in the clutches of your hand. 
And uh, we know that you are the great physician. So uh, bring her, bring her calm, bring her a, a place of healing, of restoration, bring her family the same. Uh, Jesus, as we go forward, by way of your Holy Spirit, help people to see in this group right now today how delicate life is, how precious and fragile it is. And if we're not reminded that we are here to give glory to you because you're sovereign, you're creator of all, you're sustainer of all. You keep and hold things, all things together until you return. It's in Colossians chapter 1. Help there not to be anybody who leaves today without making a decision either to follow you as Lord, follow you as Lord and Savior, or to maybe even rededicate their life. Let's give people, Lord, a chance to not be ashamed to come forward, to come forward and to engage with other Christians, to be prayed over, to be prayed with, and to just show that outward decision, or that inward decision, excuse me, made outward in front of all to see. For that gives you glory. For that's the one thing today, this morning, that would really give you glory is if you're pricking somebody's heart, that they would come forward. And that the people out, sitting out there, would see that uh, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed, Lord. You're worthy. You're worth it all. There's no embarrassment. We all get faced with decision time. And Lord, if Christians are out there and they're walking with you, but they know something's still not fulfilled, a void is still not fulfilled, Help them to come forward. Help them to meet and pray with someone or just come to the altar and, uh, and just bow and just give you your proper praise and adoration. Let's stand, everyone, if you would, please. Let's stand. Anybody would like to come. Receive Jesus as their Lord.